guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast on a mission to inspire a world where food makes us better. Guys, today and probably tomorrow, maybe on Thursday too, we are talking about intermittent fasting, but not the usual stuff you can see on the internet on or from other health educators. No, uh, we're talking about different aspects of it to help you to understand it better, to motivate your intermittent fasting so you fast more uh, and also help you to fast better so you actually make fasting uh, work for you in a simple and easy way. Uh, Because guys, you can make intermittent fasting more difficult for yourself or easier for yourself. I've been doing intermittent fasting almost every single day for the past couple of years. And I post every day a picture with my fast breaker or meal or food that I break my fast with. And also there are number of hours that I fast. And so people often ask me, uh, how do you fast every day, you know, I'm hungry all the time, or my blood sugar goes down, or my energy levels go really down, and I don't feel that good. But the thing is, guys, I do a lot of other things differently, like, for example, making sure that I eat a very well-balanced diet when I don't fast, because fasting only works when there is the other part, eating. You cannot fast and expect it to work miracles without having at the same time a balanced diet. Like this just doesn't work. Or having a diet when you snack all the time or uh, having foods with a lot of processed sugar that make your blood sugar go up and down and uh, really create a lot of imbalances when it comes to your blood sugar regulation. Now that that's not going to work for intermittent fasting. No wonder it's uh, so difficult for a lot of people because you can't really do uh, intermittent fasting on the top of a really poor diet. You need to address both at the same time if you want to make it uh, easy for yourself. And that's what I do. And that's why it's so easy for me to fast. And also, I'm not on a calorie restrictive diet all the time. Now, on some days, I might eat less calories. On some days, I might eat more calories. And for sure, I'm not restricting my calories to like uh, those tiny meals containing, I don't know, 1200 uh, calories like some women do. Some even manage to do less on a regular basis. Like I would die (laughs) like that. I would not be able to fast. The thing about my diet, yeah, on some days, again, I can eat less, but then on some days, I can eat like three, four thousand calories a day, and that completely restores uh, my metabolism, and that's what allows me not to break, quote-unquote, my metabolism, and uh, always have it uh, fast and working. And also, I eat only whole foods, and I create a balanced diet for myself. You know, I'm a nutrition coach of course, I create a really good diet for myself uh, that, yeah, for me, easily easy to do, that is delicious and nutritious. And I apply all the science. And that's why intermittent fasting is easy for me because of all the other stuff. And also because I sleep well every night. You know, sleep is a huge factor when it comes to hunger levels. Um, studies show that on average, people eat three, four hundred uh, are driven. People are driven, that's the better word, uh, to eat more 
300-400 calories more on average from highly processed foods when people have poor sleep, especially if it's consistent poor sleep. And poor sleep meaning sleeping less than seven hours a night on a consistent uh, basis, but also having regular uh, sleeping schedule uh, or just, you know, tossing and turning in bed and um, watching TV before going to bed uh, and then not really having good quality sleep, having heavy meals before going to bed. So many things also can affect our sleep quality. And I kind of dialed it in and I'm really good with my sleeping and my diet. And that's why, again, fasting is easy. But today uh, is not about how to make it easier. We're going to talk about that tomorrow, actually. Today is about this book, The Mind-Gut Connection. Uh, it's basically all about how what's happening in our gut, specifically what our gut microbiota or gut microbes do and how it affects everything from our emotions to our decision-making to to everything, basically. Uh, and in this book, you know, I'm having so many aha moments. I'm like, ah, that's why it works. Ah, that's how it works. Um, and today I'm sharing with you this uh, one of those aha moments that uh, hopefully, uh, I'm really hoping so, that it will motivate you to fast more and snack less. So let me read you a short paragraph from this book, the mind-gut connection. Between meals, a different pressure wave, the migrating more complex, serves as your gut's housekeeper. So between meals, there is a pressure wave uh, that serves as your gut's housekeeper. Sweeping out anything else, your stomach couldn't dissolve or break down into small enough pieces, such as undissolved medications or unchewed peanuts. So again, guys, there is this pressure wave, kind of like a muscle contraction, but it's automatic and you don't really feel it. We are not aware of it, but it's similar. So this pressure wave, it serves as our God's housekeeper, sweeping out anything that our stomach couldn't dissolve or break down or digest. Uh, into smaller pieces, such as undissolved medications or um, unchewed peanuts. Um, this wave slowly travels from the esophagus, or basically the beginning uh, of uh, where our mouth is and where our throat is. So this wave slowly travels from all the way up here, guys, from our mouth to your rectum or all the way down there to the very end of our digestive tract where food goes out of our system. So this wave, it slowly travels all the way, guys, every 90 minutes, generating enough pressure to crack a Brazil nut and sweeping undesirable microbes from your small intestine into the colon. So the housekeeping wave operates only, guys, and this is important, only when there is no food left to digest in our uh, gastrointestinal tract when we're sleeping, for example, and it switches off so this wave does not work when we take first bite of breakfast or any food, really. So this wave, this pressure wave, it works only when there is no food 
uh, in our digestive tract. And uh, from what I'm reading here, it seems like they mean our stomach and our small intestine because they say sweeping undesirable microbes from our small intestine into the colon. Uh, so a little bit of background to you guys. So it takes uh, for an average meal uh, to go from our, like any actually meal food, except maybe for fruit, because their digestion is a little bit different when we eat fruit alone, it's much, much faster. But for any meal, even a snack kind of meal, it takes about uh, six to eight hours to travel all the way uh, from, you know, from our mouth, through our stomach, through our small intestine. So it takes about six to eight hours to travel all the way. And then it takes up to 36 hours to completely clear our colon and out of our system. So our digestion, um, if you didn't know that, it's not that fast, like complete digestion, because our uh, intestines are small and large and our colon, they pretty long. They say like the surface of the skin, if we were to take our intestines and spread it out, uh, the skin area, the surface area would be about a basketball court. So it's really long and there is a lot of stuff down there. So it takes quite a while for food to travel all the way from our mouth uh, to the exit. And uh, to travel through our stomach and our small intestine, it takes about six to eight hours. And then the rest time, it's the rest of the intestine and colon. And only when we don't have anything in our stomach and our small intestine, only then this wave that sweeps out all the undesirable stuff and bad microbes or also possible pathogens, um, like again, maybe different microbes or different substances that just ferment there and seed there and need to go out of our system. But for some reason, they didn't travel um, by themselves with all the rest of the food. So this wave, pressure wave, it serves as that sweeping mechanism. But again, it only happens when we have nothing being digested. And imagine a situation, guys, a pretty real situation for a lot of people, that, for example, I work with a lot of people, and a lot of people do this these days. When you eat your snacks, not necessarily bigger meals, but some people also eat meals later. So people eat till the time they go to bed. Um, and again, any snack qualifies as food. So they go to bed, and then their digestion doesn't really work that well, because when we are asleep, nothing really works that well. Like, our digestion is for sure much slower if it's happening at all when we sleep, because for our body, it's also a priority to get some rest. So maybe uh, we don't really know. Um, maybe our food is not digested that well at all while sleeping. On average, while we're awake, it takes six to eight hours for our food to digest. How much it takes while we sleep? Uh, uh, Not sure. Nobody knows. Uh, And it's probably different for different digestive systems. But anyhow, imagine this scenario. You eat right before going to bed, and then your food is just kind of sitting there. And then first thing you do in the morning, you eat your breakfast. And again, anything qualifies as breakfast and food, you know, piece of croissant or whatever, that all food. And so you take your first bite, first thing in the morning, while 
your undigested dinner because you ate too late is still sitting there. And then now you have food on top of that. And so there is digestion again happening and it's going to be happening for six, eight hours. And most probably you're going to be already eating something on top of that in those six, eight hours because we snack all the time as society these days. And so imagine this scenario and now understand that this sweeping wave for you never happens. Like this sweeping mechanism, this housekeeping, your housekeeper never comes. <laughs> so uh, this old stuff, undigested medications or different food particles or peanut pieces, um, bad microbes that might be might you know be stuck somewhere, uh, might be left uh, um, by themselves, um, maybe some. Um, byproducts of fermentation processes that happen very often in our digestive tract. Um, so all of this is just kind of sitting there and you do it day after day after day, having your uh, late night snacks and then having your breakfast first thing in the morning and then having many snacks during the day. So there is no sweeping and housekeeping happening ever. Like imagine your house if there is no cleaning ever. What would happen to your house? Like, how would it look like? So now imagine that's happening in your inside all the time. And yeah, it's going to create some disease. And yes, it's going to make it harder for you to lose weight. And it's going to create some cranky moods and emotions. Because guess what, guys? When there is, like, stuff rotting all the time... There are some chemicals that um, do not feel good to your gut microbiome and do not feel good to the rest of your system. So they create more toxins, more toxicity in our body, and that always influence our brain because, you know, guys, it's all connected. Uh, our brain does receive those signals from all other tissues and organs, and it will send you signals uh, in the form of emotions, um, so imagine, like, your house has never been cleaned and now all the stuff is just sitting there and rotting. And that's why it's important to have those 14 hours a day, uh, at, at least to, uh, for most people, it, it's really good amount. Uh, when you don't eat, it's, it's really a great idea to stop eating two hours before bed. Two, three hours before bed is my recommendation when you should stop eating your meal. So at least your food travels through uh, your stomach and maybe even part of your um, small intestine. And then in the morning, in the morning, you have a few hours for your digestion to finish. And maybe at least one of those uh, housekeeping, uh, sweeping waves happening to remove all the undigested stuff. Um, I'll share with you a little bit of my personal um, toilet life. <laughs> so uh, every morning I have bowel movements, but then um, I fast till about 12 p.m. And all the time, there is at least one another bowel movement happening uh, before 12 p.m., before I consume any food. And I do not consume anything in the morning. So where is it coming from? Probably that sweeping wave is working, doing, you know, another round going through all of my uh, organs, initiating that sweeping, and that takes out all of the other, you know, particles might be undigested or partially digested. And so I have at least two bowel moments every morning, and I don't specifically eat more or 
do not do anything. I just drink water and it happens. But um, of course, if I eat something, sometimes that happens, especially when I travel or, you know, for some reason I'm just, I don't know, for some reason I just eat my breakfast. That's not happening. So the second bowel movement never happens. And um, again, guys, so this, this information is really like for me, uh, it just opened my eyes one more time why I shouldn't insist more that my clients do uh, that you guys do fast, uh, at least this overnight fast, um, when you go to bed, so three hours before bed, for example, you finish your dinner, maybe for some of you it's going to be 7 or 8 p.m., and then you start your breakfast 14 hours later at least, so that would mean you start your eating 9 or 10 a.m., that I believe is a good time for breakfast, why do you need breakfast the first thing in the morning anyhow, like you just got up, um, your body has more resources than needed. And the only hunger that people usually experience is uh, caused by a lack of sleep and poor blood sugar regulation. It's not caused by lack of energy. We, we have energy in form of fat on our body to run marathons without any food. Um, but uh, anyhow, guys, so... We need to do housekeeping, uh, we need to do cleaning, we need to sweeping stuff out of our system, and if you eat late at night, and again, even snack counts as eating episode, and if you start eating first thing in the morning, uh, this housekeeping never happens, and that's why you might be having problems with your uh, bowel movements, or you're cranky in the morning, or the whole day, you know, when stuff is rotting there and housekeeping never happens, uh, disease and bad moods and low energy levels, all of that going to happen. Um, so what you can do today to make sure that you do initiate that sweeping, that housekeeping, finish uh, for a few days, you know, take this the rest of this week and do this experiment. Uh, stop eating uh, three hours before your bedtime and then add 14 hours and start your breakfast after 14 hours and in that window you can drink water before bed you can drink herbal tea without sweeteners anything um, peppermint is really great for digestion and gut health so i drink my peppermint all the time at night plus it helps you to fall asleep better um so finish your dinner three hours before your bedtime uh at 14 hours, and that's you. That's going to be your breakfast time, and see how uh, your bowel movements change, how overall you feel, like your energy levels, and um, maybe you'll notice something else. Maybe you lose some weight without even trying. Maybe your appetite going to be so much easier to regulate, and maybe you're not going to be having so many cravings. So, uh, guys, please do have take uh, some time, design this experiment, do this experiment. Also, your skin um, health can improve. Uh, it might start shining and uh, just might get into much better shape, um, shining without any, you know, 
problems or things popping out on your skin. So a lot of good positive things can happen when we take care of our gut and allow housekeeping uh, and sweeping out of stuff happen. Uh, so again, three hours before bed, you stop eating and then at 14 hours and that's your breakfast time. Do this for a week and journal a little bit every day what's happening, how you're feeling every day. And let me know how you do. And if you have any questions uh, about what you heard today or about intermittent fasting, please do reach out via email that you can find in the show notes or on any social media you can find me, Instagram, TikTok, you know, I'm everywhere. So please do reach out and do this experiment and let me know how you do. And also, guys, don't forget to share this episode with one another person who you think uh, is going to be equally excited to hear this information and who might need some motivation to start their uh, mini intermittent fasting in 14 hours. You know, it doesn't have to be 16, 14 hours. You know, that's um, that study show might be really great amount of hours uh, for most people to maintain great gut health and energy levels and metabolism and so many other things that we probably don't know about. So please do share this episode. Uh, Please do this experiment. Please do let me know how you do and if you have any questions. And as usual, guys, till next time, eat better daily and maybe fast a little bit more.